Hey friends, Spencer here, just checking in with you quickly before we get into another episode of Uncle Rob's Alien Story Time. I think this is number seven, maybe? Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone that listened to this week's episode or last week's Patreon episode um, and has plugged into what's going on in both in Minneapolis and around the country right now. Um, I know that's not what we normally do and maybe is outside of some of your comfort zones, but I appreciate everyone who gave it a shot and came in with an open mind. And I extra super duper appreciate everyone who's been finding ways to help out, whether that's donating or uh, volunteering or writing your reps or just starting conversations um, on social media or with your family. Um, There's been a super encouraging, very positive response um, that we've seen just online and shifting in in the way that people are talking about um police brutality and racism and white supremacy and all of that um and i think it's important that we keep that going um with the understanding that um it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be easy but it's very important and uh if we the more that we can work together on it and be compassionate and listen to each other um the easier that work is going to be. So thank you all very much. Um, if you'd like to continue to help out, um, I will add that link to, uh, the resources and ways to help and donate and get involved that we listed on the show on Wednesday. Um, I think all those things are still up to date, but I'll double check. Um, and again, just thank you for checking in with us and, uh, getting involved and speaking up and doing this work right now. So anyway, here's a slightly different version of Uncle Rob's Alien Storytime. Um, It's sort of a crossover, is it trash, slash Uncle Rob's Alien Storytime, in which he is going to uh, live read an alien story for us that he has not previously read. I believe it's from an issue of Flying Saucer Review. Um, so you're going to get the story and you're also going to get Rob's live reaction to the story. So enjoy. See you on the other side. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of Uncle Rob's Alien Storytime. So for this episode, I kind of wanted to do something a little different. I have not read this story yet. I stumbled upon it while perusing back issues of Flying Saucer Review. So this thing's going down live. And the title of the article is what caught me. It's called A Case of Rabbit Snatching. This is by Janet and Colin Board. They are with an English UFO group. And they had an interesting story. And this story came out in the wake of the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind because... It seems like for some people that film made it so that they were more comfortable with sharing their experiences. So this is one of those stories and uh, we're just gonna we're gonna fucking do this live. All right. It has always been suspected that many unreported UFO experiences must lie hidden within people's memories. And the recent publicity given to Close Encounters of the Third Kind shows that this is so because many people have come forward to tell their stories. Some of them go back more than 20 years, including the incident we are about to describe. In the early days of UFO research, 
Only the spacecraft type of sighting was likely to be considered relevant by many investigators. Recently, we have seen all manner of weird happenings gathered together under the heading of ufology. And some of the older reports show that such weird happenings are not a recent development. Again, this case confirms that finding. Today, Philip Malava is a 37-year-old lifeguard living in the East End of London. In 1954, which is probably when his UFO experience took place, he was 13 years old and living in an orphanage at Shirley near Croydon in Surrey. He has always been fond of animals, and as a boy he kept rabbits. He kept the two larger rabbits and some young ones in a locked and totally predator-proof hutch close to the cottage at the orphanage, but at the time of the experience he had been having trouble with them. Over a period of about three weeks, he had lost about four baby rabbits. It was a complete mystery, because the youngsters had simply disappeared on separate occasions. None of the other boys kept rabbits, and had not been stealing them, and there were no traces of the hutch having been tampered with. The only possibility that occurred to us was that the adult rabbits were eating the young ones, as some animals do eat their young. But this explanation seems highly unlikely. One, because rabbits are vegetarian, and two, because no traces of the babies were found, and surely the rabbits wouldn't have eaten heads, paws, fur, and all. So we decided one night to keep watch in the small hours to try and apprehend the culprit. He had been by the hutch for an hour, at around 1 or 2 a.m., the night after Guy Fawkes' night, and therefore, 7 November, when he suddenly noticed what he called a white disc flying or floating towards him in a straight line at about 5 miles per hour. It was completely silent, not lit up in any way, and had no markings or holes in it. It resembled two plates placed edge to edge and seemed to be about the size of a large plate. It was flying very low, so low indeed that he instinctively jumped up to try and touch it. Being only 13 years old and rather short, he could not quite reach it, and it flew overhead, over the hutch and away. Philip naturally did not know what to make of this and didn't tell anyone what he had seen. He had no more trouble with his rabbits because soon afterwards his master at the orphanage drowned the young ones and sold the others. Jesus Christ, oh fuck this thing already. God damn it. Either the next day or a day later, he felt strange. He, quote, could not move a muscle. His, quote, whole body was as if it was paralyzed. And he told the master that he was ill. Unconcerned about Philip, the master gave him an orange after the other kids had gone to school, which he somehow managed to peel, but he was sick when he ate some. He was taken to the infirmary and given an injection of some kind, but spent the day in this semi-paralyzed condition. His brain was clear, but his body was numbed. That night, again around 1 or 2 a.m., when he was lying in bed in the dormitory, quote, waiting for something, what I didn't know, end quote, he saw a strange mist forming at the foot of his bed. 
It was the bed's width, and it moved up the bend towards his head, freezing the parts of his body it passed over. I can already say, fuck this shit. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Philip emphasized that the cold was not due to fear, but to the mist. Then it stopped, and three figures materialized from the mist at the foot of the bed and moved so that they stood around him, two on one side and one on the other. They bent over him, and he felt they were benevolent and were going to make him better. They froze his body, but not his mind, and it was as if, quote, they were making me at ease with myself. I ain't gonna be at ease with this shit, are you kidding me? What the fuck? Holy shit. Philip described the figures as dressed in a darker, black monk-like habit, and although he tried to see their faces, he was unable to. Nor could he describe any part of their anatomy, such as hands, although he thought very hard about this. He could not tell how much time passed. Quote, time stood still, was the way he put it. But he does remember that he tried to speak to the beings, though they did not answer. He does not remember how the experience ended, but feels that he must have, quote, flaked out. Although there were other boys in the dormitory, none seemed to have seen anything unusual, and Philip did not tell anyone what he had seen. But one boy did comment that he had heard voices during the night. The next day, Philip felt well again. Although his first experience was well-remembered and fairly easily described, the bedroom visitant's episode was less easy to make clear, and Philip strived hard to present the occurrence factually. He found it hard to answer our detailed questions, especially about the being's appearance. He, quote, felt the presence of the male type, end quote, and it was, quote, as if they were blended together, end quote, even though there were three of them. We suspect the whole event took place while Philip was in an altered state of consciousness. This was probably akin to an out-of-body experience or astral projection, especially in the light of the, his latter projections. Although, when we suggested this to Philip, he did not agree that it was a projection. However, he did say, quote, I think I'd come out of myself, end quote. Although Philip has had no UFO experiences since those just described, except for one three or four years ago when he was digging and went into some kind of trance and had a vision in which he saw a, quote, load of spaceships coming over to London round about Christmas, end quote, and they hovered around the two steeples of a castle-like church, shining down bright beams of light. Cool. It's a fucking Christmas light show. I dig it. Let's put this shit on ice. It soon became clear that we were talking to a man who has had a wealth of psychic experiences. After some prompting, because he thought it was irrelevant, he described to us his ability to sum people up at first sight, often to know incidents from their past and sometimes to predict their future. Once he met someone who he felt sure had not long to live. The man was dead within three weeks. Well, this guy's a fucking nightmare then. He described experiences of astral projection, such as when he, quote, came out of himself and watched an operation being performed on his hand, even though he was anesthetized at the time. 
and he told us that although he had not been a religious child, shortly after his UFO experience, he went to church and came out feeling cleansed. In fact, he feels that UFOs and religion are closely connected and continually return to the theme of the UFO's purpose. He has strong feelings that the human race is doomed if it continues on its present course and that the UFOs are somehow involved with our present condition and our future salvation. He feels certain that his own UFO experience brought about a change in him from orphanage zombie to a thinking being. As he put it, I wasn't awake until they came. This is some fucking story. With UFOs receiving so much publicity these days, an investigator must always be aware of the witness's involvement in ufology to try to ascertain whether an alleged experience happened as the witness described it, or whether the description has been colored by UFO literature or even totally fabricated. In the present case... Although Philip has read books by Shuttlewood and Von Donikin, oh fuck that, and is aware of such things as the Bermuda Triangle, the Betty and Barney Hill case, and the V.S. Boa subduction, which you guys should totally cover at some point, he is not widely read in ufology, and because of its content, we do not believe that the story he told us was influenced in any way by what he has read about UFOs. If our belief is correct then we have an early case of, quote, bedroom visitants, and an early case of a UFO's interest in animal life. However, we must remember that there is no evidence whatsoever that the UFO was stealing or dematerializing the baby rabbits. Thank you, because I didn't need this to go down a Linda Moulton Howe fucking journey here. The facts point to that conclusion, but we shall never know for sure. There are several cases in the literature in which UFOs have been seen to take an interest in animals, excluding the notorious Hamilton calf-napping hoax, and some researchers blame them for the rash of cattle mutilations reported in the United States during the past few years, so this strange incident is not entirely without precedent. This has been a live reading of Uncle Rob's Alien Storytime. I hope you've enjoyed that. There were some parts I thought were trash, but I love you all and fuck the police. <laughs>